Welcome to episode four of the podcast, Unexpected Answers, brought to you by Golden Dental Solutions out of Golden, Colorado. Welcome. This is Dr. Nancy Gill. And this is her husband, Dave. And today we're going to do an episode that is called Noses Are for Breathing, Mouths Are for Eating. And I am so excited for this episode. I cannot even tell you. It's one of my favorite topics. I am extraordinarily passionate about this topic. And it, it's you'll... one of those things as a, as a couple that, uh, you know, you, you'll hear your spouse talk about something about 87 million times and it gets beat into your brain. I and, know. I wish it didn't uh, happen every day, but I think it <laughs> might happen every day. I think it's great too. I just, you know, <laughs> I hear about it a lot, but that's because it's so important and she's so passionate about it. Right. Um, so first we just wanted to apologize for having a brief hiatus. Dave had a, some emergency surgery, has nothing to do with his nose. Doesn't exactly have to do with anything breathing related, no. Uh, I have my gallbladder removed, uh, apparently because I like fatty food too much. So that was kind of a self-induced thing, but maybe not a surgery that I elected to do or sought out. It kind of was, uh, it kind of found me. But anyway, all better now. Uh, Nancy, uh, you had surgery too. I had some surgery. I had elective surgery. I had some septoplasty done. Last year, well, about a year and a half ago, I had some soft tissue turbinate reduction, which is basically like the tissue in, in the middle of your nose. And it was shrunk down, kind of rotor rooted out, and it worked for a little bit of time, but then I noticed that my problems came back. And so... In case you missed that, she said she had her nose roto-rooted, which is kind of disturbing to think about. But basically the inside of her nose, bad. she was trying to, to have a surgery that would clear it out so she could breathe better. Right. And it didn't quite work as well as she would have liked. So... Right. So year and a half, yeah. fast forward, um, I go in to see another ear, nose, throat doctor. And I knew I had a small deviation of my septum. It wasn't very, very large, but he thought that I should... Should, um, maybe that this might help me a little bit. The septoplasty. That the is. septoplasty. Which leads us, better. which leads us to the actual topic we're going to be talking about today, which is nasal breathing. <laughs> <sighs> we love this topic so much. Dave told me not to mention this, but the notorious person for mouth breathing is Napoleon Dynamite. He thought maybe a lot of people wouldn't remember who he was. I think he's notorious, but. Maybe that's just me. Well, the movie Napoleon Dynamite, a lot of people have seen, but what you may or may not have noticed about Napoleon Dynamite was his sort of uh, baseline facial expression, which was... Mouth open. He just kind of sits there with his mouth open like... <gasps> right. <laughs> the Darth Vader. And we want to talk about why it's so important to breathe through your nose, what our nose does for us. My experience during my surgery when I couldn't breathe through my nose at all because of my packing after the surgery. And we just want to go from pretty much my personal experience of what it was like and what I experienced during that time, what we can do to fix it. If you know someone that does it, or if your kids do it, or if you do it, and maybe you want a little bit more energy or a little bit more oomph um, in your life. We're going to tell you all the things that it affects. That how mouth, can... mouth breathing. Yes. And what nasal breathing can do for you. Yes. And it kind of, uh, there's, there's two aspects to nasal breathing we're going to talk about. Uh, one is the, 
the quantity, okay, how much air you're actually getting in and, and through your nose instead of your mouth. But then we're going to get into the quality of that air uh, once it gets into your body through your nose instead of your mouth and why that matters in, in the various ways it can, whether it uh, has to do with sleep, whether it has to do with energy. Exercise. Uh, I hesitate to say this, but sexual performance for men in particular. Oh, we should warn the people in case they have kids in the car. Well, that's like a PG-rated word. It's not like an R-rated word. All right. Um, we'll give anyway. you fair warning before we talk about it. Yeah. So, but one thing that's interesting you may want to clarify is, Nancy, you're a dentist. Right. And why does a dentist care so much about nasal breathing? That's a good question. So, we see a lot of people that come in and really dry, sticky, bleeding gums. We know when you're mouth breathing. We, it's one of the things we talk about. We document it. We tell the patient. We talk about things that they can do to help not do it anymore. But chronic gum disease happens because of mouth breathing. There's no amount of cleaning. We can clean you every day, but if you don't fix the habit, you're not going to fix the bleeding gums. Quick exercise. As yes. you're listening to this podcast right now, are are your lips closed or are they open? Mm -hmm. And even a sneaky open. Like even a little bit. Even a little bit is still considered mouth breathing. Yeah. Because if your lips are closed, then you're breathing through your nose. Right. It, yeah. The other thing that happens too with mouth breathers is just chronic dry tissue everywhere. And so we'll also notice that people get more sinus infections. And as a dentist, we can treat sinus infections. So if people come in, oftentimes they think they need a root canal on one of their upper teeth. And we do a couple of little tests. Okay, here's the test. Just so here's the differentiation between tooth and sinus infection. If you bend over and touch your toes and you feel a throbbing sensation or the sensation intensifies, it's probably a sinus infection. You should still see your dentist to check it out and make sure it's not an abscess. But typically, after taking an x-ray and checking that there's not an abscess, we do the sinus trick and see if it's sinus infection. And dentists can treat sinus infections as long as we can diagnose them chair-side. So um, that is why it's important to us, and that's what we're looking for when that happens. So so pretty much you can look at somebody's mouth and how quickly can you tell if they are a mouth breather. And when we say mouth breather, it means that you're breathing most of the time through your mouth instead of your nose. But how quickly can you notice, figure it out? Well, we know they're doing at least a little bit from the formation of their jaws, which we've talked about in previous so episodes. You can, so you can just look at them before they even open oh, yeah. their mouth and be like, yep. Mm. And yeah. as I'm talking to them and discussing it, it's so funny because sometimes, and not funny, haha, but interesting. Funny, strange. Because sometimes people will say, I know I don't mouth breathe, but during the whole time that we were talking, they had their lips open and then they're aware of it and then they quit close them. Mm, so busted. <laughs> and it's not like busted, but it's something that we want to help them with because we want to help them get healthy. We want to help them get better. And obviously, we don't want them to have a whole bunch of money spent and a whole bunch of treatment done and have it fail or have it not work because of this underlying issue. Yeah, because it's one of those things. Breathing is so unconscious that you, you might be breathing through your mouth and not really even notice it. One thing with Nancy, I, I that is a stark reminder for me that I may be mouth breathing sometimes more than I should is we'll be walking along somewhere and she'll say, do you smell that? And I'll be like, no. And then I'll realize I didn't smell it because I wasn't breathing through my nose as much because she, she is more conscious about doing that. 
And I don't know that she necessarily has a better sense of smell, but I think she just breathes through her nose more. So there's times when she picks up on something before I do just because I'm not breathing through my nose. I know. I wish I didn't have that keen sense of smell sometimes. <laughs> but I do. Um, there's okay. no story behind that comment. I don't know what she's talking about. My very good hygiene, just so you know. Uh, so we we started talking a little bit about Nancy having a surgery, uh, a septoplasty, right? right. We, we talked about that already? Quick snippet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an interesting thing was she had this done uh, about a month and a half ago or no, two months now? Mm-hmm. Two months ago now, right? And we recorded a little interview the, the day two, or two. I think two days after. Two days after her surgery just to uh, see how she was doing with that. And the whole goal of the septoplasty was so she could breathe better through her nose, get more quantity of oxygen. So let's see how Nancy was doing. So here we are. It is Saturday afternoon. And Nance, what, uh, how are you feeling right now? Pretty miserable. Why do you feel miserable? <laughs> I had a little surgery on Thursday. It was a septoplasty, um, which is basically fixing a deviated septum along with some bony turbinate reduction, which is basically reshaping the inside of my nose and removing inflammation. You can tell how I sound. I sound awesome. You sound, you do sound pretty awesome. You kind of sound like somebody's like shoved their hand over your nose and it's just like pinching it. Oh, like Phoebe from Fred's when she had a cold. Like, was that when she had the sexy voice? Yeah, that's what I sound like. Um, yeah, I, I feel pretty miserable. Um, it has nothing to do with the actual surgery. My nose feels fine. Um, and I'm not in any pain of any sort. I had, hadn't had to take any pain medication or anything like that, which is great, but it's all byproducts of not being able to breathe through my nose, which is why I'm miserable, which makes me feel for the mouth breathers of the world, because I don't know how you people do it. Like this is driving me crazy. And, and you can't breathe through your nose right now because, and it's because of the surgery, because it's healing. And what do you got in there that's keeping you from breathing after the septoplasty? Well, there's some splinting that they put up there and they leave it in there for about a week. And um, it's in order to kind of hold the cartilage back in its place because they reshaped the septum inside. And in order for it not to collapse, they have a splint in there and then they'll remove it next Thursday. So a week from the surgery date. So if you think about it, uh, when you bring air into your nostrils, uh, those are basically like windpipes, right? And so for Nance, her nostrils were They would small. suck they in. Were, they they were small. It, they were too small. So, right. I mean, if you imagine, you know, if you're trying to suck air into your lungs, say smaller, you know, whatever is the smallest thing between the air outside and your lungs is going to limit it's going to determine how much oxygen actually gets in right, your body. Right, how much volume is in there. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, it's a good test for everybody. If you breathe in and you see your nostrils sink in, it means you're probably not getting enough oxygen through your nose. So if your nostrils are plenty big enough, they don't really visibly depress or indent or make any funny sort of, I don't know, right. deformities as you as you breathe in. Right. Exactly. Um but because I'm so stuffy and congested, it's really affected my sleep. So I haven't slept in a couple of days, which is adding to my misery. Um, and so obviously when you fall asleep, I have felt myself have apneic moments throughout the last two days, which means I'll fall asleep and I'll get startled and awoken to where I'm literally not breathing. So the mouth breathing just wasn't enough. You know, my nose is very limited, obviously. 
And it's just caused me to just feel like really, really crummy. And along with that, I'm getting these other symptoms, like just like this depressed, anxious feeling I have. Um, I feel like I'm retaining water um, a lot. And uh, it's so interesting because people often say that when you get a good night's rest, your whole body's in sync. And when you don't, it, it isn't. And that's so true. I, I'm a living example right now of all of it. Um, so basically, if you're in the sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight nervous system, and you go to bed like that, and you're having these apneic moments where you stop breathing or even like partial breathing and you're not getting the full oxygen levels, you will be in fight or flight system. And when you're in fight or flight, that means that your body's holding on to everything it possibly can. So water, food, anything, because it's expecting you to need it because you're going into fight mode. When you're in parasympathetic, alternatively, parasympathetic is the rest and digest where you push all the water through the system. Um, you, your bowels are working properly. Your kidneys are working properly um, and you're resting and digesting. Your brain is getting all back to like regular function, ready for the next day. All of your organs are resetting. And when you don't do that, your whole body just feels off. So, so you're saying when your, your oxygen is deprived, your body feels like it's in a... Um, I don't know, adverse situation or a, right. You know, in, exactly. Yeah. And so just to be clear, the, the symptoms Nance is experiencing right now are temporary because right. of the surgery she had two days ago. Uh, in, in after a, a week after the surgery is when she'll get the, the stints out and she'll be able to breathe a heck of a lot better. And really she did the, uh, septoplasty so that long-term she'll be able to breathe through her nose right. way, way better than she ever has. Right. And I can, I can appreciate now that although I wasn't in a horrible, dire situation before, as far as nasal breathing went, I knew that I wasn't getting as not enough as I could be getting. And I think that that was my motivation. Um, when I would run, I love running and people hear me run. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in pretty decent shape, but it's one of those things where I would run with Dave and he'd be like, dang, well, I'd be like, well, I'd hear how the sound of her breathing, and I'm like, are you all right? And then she gives me, of course, that dirty look like, I'm fine. You know? <laughs> anyway, but it was just like, just her trying to get the oxygen into her body, it, it made a lot of a lot of sound. Right. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is, you know, we, we emphasize how important nose breathing is, and, and part of what Nance is experiencing right now is almost like a really, really bad cold. So if you've right. ever had a really, really bad cold where you could not breathe through your nose at all. Just remember how badly you slept simply by not breathing through your nose, being able to sleep through, breathe through your nose at all. But if you take that and just sort of say, well, maybe for some people having just like a, what's the equivalent of like a partial cold right? or half, half of a cold, like all the time, meaning they don't, issue. they're limited in the oxygen they can breathe through their nose. Um, perhaps for some, some sort of anatomical issue, something about the way their face developed, or maybe something that happened to them orthodontically or something else. Uh, imagine just systemically, chronically, how much that would degrade your overall health just slowly, bit by bit over time. And it becomes normal to those people. Like they, yeah. It just becomes the norm of what it could or what it should be. And it doesn't have to be like that. I think that's my ultimate goal is I want to live the healthiest, longest life that I can possibly live. 
and that's why I'm doing it now. Um, I'm doing it now so I can run better, so I can stay in shape, so I have the energy and the sleep efficiency to be present with you guys when I get home from work and to be able to work a full day without being utterly exhausted. So I'm doing all these things in order to um, make it the perfect situation, kind of fix all the things that maybe went wrong along the way. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't, that may think that Nance's all talk with some of this stuff, uh, she is a big believer on everything she talks about and, and she uses her own, I mean, really a lot of the continuing education she sought out that has to do with sleeping, breathing came, came from either her own health issues she was dealing with or, or, or a family member. And so for her, um, she really walks a lot cause she's, you know, went so far as to get the septoplasty and we're really excited to see see the results here in the next few weeks that right. she's going to be like a new person. I know. And we're going to do a follow anything, up. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with you now or that there ever has been. <laughs> I, know, I won't have a petite nose anymore, according to the surgeon, but functions way better than, um, than how it looks. I got to so. be careful about making her laugh because it, I don't know, it might make her nose hurt. Right. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really hurt. It just makes bubbles. That's all. Yeah. So what, what other interesting thing we, we kind of thought about related to this was, um, you know, Michael Jackson, right? So the guy had who knows how many nose surgeries he must have had, but we watched that documentary called This Is It, which was kind of about the them creating what was going to be this big tour he was going to go on right before he died. And I just remember watching that documentary as he's on stage with the performers and they're running through some of the set was he was always wearing these sunglasses and he was always having to fix them because they kept falling off of his face. And it was because he'd had so many nose jobs done that he had hardly any nose left. And the guy must have just... This is all speculation, but this is what we've talked about and it makes a lot of sense. But I can't imagine he could breathe through that nose like hardly at all. Like there's... If it couldn't even hold up sunglasses, I can't imagine him being able to breathe through that. And so because of that, he probably slept crummy, which probably made him feel like he had to do the propofol in order to fall asleep and to get rested. Um, sadly, you know, that's how what he probably led him to do that. Because um, if he, for those of you that don't remember, the way he died was, was he overdosed on, uh, right. he had a doctor that uh, was administering right. anesthesia basically to yeah. help him sleep. Like he had this doctor that would come every night right. and give him anesthesia. Right. If he felt like this every night, I mean, this is a horrible feeling, you know, as far as his congestion goes. Um, And it's sad, you know, that he felt like in order to look a certain way, like instead of getting a big fat nose like I have now. (laughs) Yeah, Nancy's going like the opposite direction. (laughs) I had a pretty decent nose last time or before, but then the surgeon said, okay, as long as you feel okay. I'm like, "Ah, I'm married. Fine. (laughs) He'll take me for who I am. But um, he went the opposite direction. So, I mean, to get this tiny, tiny nose and expecting it to do all these things for you, um, it has so many functions. Oxygen, people. Oxygen. Yeah. Important. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We're going to do a second part here after my um, stint comes out, and we'll keep you updated. Hopefully, my voice won't sound as nasally. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be listening for the recording to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them side by side and see. Perfect. Great. All right. Until <laughs> next time. Okay, so you heard some of my darkest times. That was a really awful week for me. Um, I really, when I say I was depressed, I was just very sad. Um, I was very on edge. Um, I was having these, um, my brain was just going places that I shouldn't have gone. 
um, it, as far as like negative thoughts and such. Your emotional regulation was just it not wasn't there. What it normally I is. cried. Like I cried and then I'm like, please don't cry, please don't cry because that just made me stuffier. And, and, and that made me think to myself, please, please, please don't cry, please don't cry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm not a crier like at all. And I'm usually very, very emotionally stable. And this just put me over the edge. So it was but, a bad place. But, but needless to say, now we are two months later mm -hmm. and what's been the difference? I've been feeling great. Um, one thing that is so interesting about exercise is we, I talked about running in that part mm -hmm. about how I wanted to do it for better running and without doing anything. So I didn't exercise that entire time, mm -hmm. right? Because I couldn't. And when I went back to running, I instantly went faster without even trying. Mm. And so when I went on the treadmill, um, I instantly just, it took less time. It took less effort. Yeah. And it's almost like taking somebody from living in the mountains down to sea level and they can right. feel like they can just run forever. Right. Right. And, and that's how I felt. So yeah. exercise changed. Um, they do this with other, um, with Notre Dame track stars. There's a book that was written about how they train athletes like this. And it's a big deal. Um, how they train them with nasal breathing because it can help their performance. What do they, what do they do to train them for nasal breathing? They, well, there's a book called um, Close Your Mouth, and mm. it is a, a really great book, and it talks all about training your, basically your breathing habits while you exercise. So they use a method called Bateco breathing, which I was going to talk about at the end, but I could talk about it now, um, where you basically breathe in through your nose and out through your nose, you hold your nose, and then you walk. And then you do that until you can't do it anymore. And then you pause and then you breathe through your nose, out your nose without opening your mouth. And you just do that and you work your way up. In the very beginning, you're going to be like, <sighs> <laughs> and then the better you get at it, the more you'll see that it's just going to magically just change things around. Yeah. So it's at the, it's the cool. end of that breath out is yep. when you plug your nose before you breathe back in. Exactly. And you hold your breath as long as you can. Right. And so you kind walking. of feel almost like a little like, whoo. Well, before you pass out, <laughs> yeah, don't pass out. Breathe, again. read the book first so you can get the real details and the pictures. Yeah, but that helps them. This is a what was it, cross country or track? What was that? It was Notre Dame track team. Yeah. Um, the other thing to do is be cognizant of belly breathing. So, so many of us are shallow breathers and will actually create almost like a hyperventilation to our breathing. And when that happens, we're not getting adequate oxygen. And because of that, our brain isn't getting it, our organs aren't getting it and it's really really difficult to perform normally yeah so uh as far as the quality of the the air and and it's how it comes into your body and how it gets uh, absorbed into your body you know your where air comes into your nose and where air comes into your mouth they join up into the same windpipe and before going into your lungs but the air that comes into your nose what are the things that can happen there that can't happen in your mouth mm -hmm. and what gets created there more, more readily? So there's a gas called nitric oxide. It is the coolest gas around. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, heard it here first. That's saying a lot. Nitric oxide is what is created in our sinuses and it is the magic gas. Um, I have this article here. It's straight out of LVI Visions, um, spring 2017. And I'm just going to name a couple of the things that nitric oxide can do. And I love this article. And you can even probably find it online to see the whole article. But I love it because it's very to the point. 
So uh, and one, quick quick uh, clarification: we're yes. not talking about nitrous oxide. No. We're talking about nitric. Trick. Thank you for the clarification. Nitric oxide. Nitrous. N O. Right. Nitrous oxide is the gas that is laughing gas that you get at the dentist. Mm. Not that. No, no, no. That would be bad. That would be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, if I was promoting that. Um, so nitric oxide, it is a vasodilator. What does that mean? It means that our arteries, our vasculature actually will dilate and widen, which decreases blood pressure. When our vessels are tighter, it increases blood pressure. That means that the blood, in order to get through that vessel, has to pump harder. It increases the pressure. If it dilates, the blood pressure naturally goes down. So people almost exclusively, there is probably a correlation between sleep breathing disorders, sleep apnea, oxygen deprivation with people that have high blood pressure. Almost always, which I think is pretty cool correlation. Mm. Um, it is, um, we were talking, okay, parents, we're going to say something. If you have kids in the car, pause it. Adult oriented. <laughs> but um, PG, but PG. PG. We're going to talk about um, ED, erectile dysfunction. If you think that breathing and oxygen doesn't have anything to do with that, you're going to have to read up on some stuff because it is completely correlated. So when our bodies, when we're in, at sleep, I was talking in my, um, my, pre, my post-surgery little excerpt there that we go into our parasympathetic where we are in our rest and digest systems at sleep. And that is when we are breathing great oxygen and our bodies don't have to think about keeping us alive. They just have to like rest and restore. They're resting our organs. They're resting our brain. They're resetting for the next day. If we are in that sympathetic and we are always in fight or flight when we are sleeping and our body's trying to keep us alive, it is not worried about your sexual parts. Yeah. It don't care. <laughs> so oxygen equals erectile function. Right. Nitric oxide. Nitric oxide allows that to happen. Yeah. Um, it, it, the other thing the that I... There's a lot of important vasculature down there. You mentioned that earlier, so... It is. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I, mean... I don't know where this is going. Um, the other thing is bladder function. And so and, this is such a hard thing to talk about with older people because oftentimes they'll say, oh, I get up to go to the bathroom. And sometimes it's like three or four times a night. Mm. That is excessive and a lot, no matter how much water you drink. When we have normal breathing and such, again, everything is in digestive mode. You should not have to wake up to go to the bathroom. Mm. That is a smooth muscle, and that shouldn't happen either. So if you're waking up a lot, you might want to turn to that whole breathing issue. Well, you've also told me about how uh, kids who way later than would be yeah. normal, like say ages 5, 6, 8, 10 or whatever, still wetting the bed. Absolutely. That... This is a sleep, a sleep issue. That is well, it's a not a sleep, sleep issue, issue, but it's a breathing issue. It's a breathing sleep. Yes, they are almost, um, almost definitely. Um, and I'm not a physician that deals with urinary issues, but if I was a parent before putting my child on any kind of medication, I would absolutely check out the sleep component because I don't want my child to be on medicine for the rest of their lives or during their most productive years of growth. I don't want that. Absolutely check out the sleep if that's happening to a child that you know. But it's because they're not taking in air and oxygen, nitric oxide, as well as they should while right. they're sleeping. Right. That's, that's correlated to... as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, what can we do about it? Well, first of all, 
we will always send a person for a sleep study in our office. So we'll either do a sleep study through their physician, through an ear, nose, throat doctor. Sometimes people aren't very convinced and I get it. I mean, they're hearing it from a dentist and although we know our stuff, I totally understand where they're coming from. So sometimes we'll recommend doing a sleep screening through our office. We have a screening device that they can take home. It's pretty darn accurate. Um, we've compared it to other sleep studies and sleep centers and it's, and it's pretty accurate. So we'll have them do that. It's cheap. It's take home. It's in their own bed. At least we get an idea. And then from there, now it's a little bit more convincing because it's scientific data and they can take that to their physician or to their ear, nose, throat doctor. Because an interesting thing about having a sleep issue is it's it's kind of hard. It, it's sort of intangible because you, you don't know it. How can you really know it's happening? I guess you can tell if you're getting good sleep or not, but that it could lead to other issues. It's just... I don't know, hard to get your head wrapped around. Right. Yeah. And not to dismiss the fact that I have so many people that say, I sleep amazing. I sleep like a rock. And then I say, okay, well, let's change the question. How do you feel when you wake up? And they're like, oh, well, I kind of feel like I haven't slept at all, but I know I did. I slept mm -hmm. like a rock. And that, there's a big difference between efficiency. Just because you're in bed for 10 hours doesn't mean you've gotten efficient sleep. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like a, a good take home message. Okay, so we do a sleep screening or a sleep study um, just to kind of take a look and see what's going on. If it is a sleep study and they're going through their physician, we always say absolutely no problem at all. If we can help in any way, shape or form, just let us know. And we love that because we love physicians that are ready to do it. The problem is, is that a lot of physicians, um, a lot of them know a lot about this stuff. And there are a lot of them that don't know anything about this topic. And so I urge you that if everything that we've talked about, and if it resonates with you, and you know that since childhood, you've never been a good sleeper, or you never feel good when you wake up, or you're depressed, or you have anxiety, or any of those symptoms that we've talked about, seek another second opinion. It's just worth it. It is so worth it for your health to feel the best that you possibly can feel because it's going, it's going to be life-changing if you can figure it out. So uh, as far as having breathing issues, what, what else can we do about it? So you talked about a sleep study. Right. Uh, what are some other things? So sometimes people can't afford it, right? Or people are just like not ready to do it. Sometimes their insurance is changing or they're in a job transition or they're just like, is there anything I can do right this second because simple, I can't afford to do it right now? Simple and expensive things. Clear the nose. So... Clearing the nose means using a saline rinse. So um, we like Neil Med, um, which is available at any kind of Target or Walmart. Pots, or yeah. right, They have neti pots. They have bottles. Use distilled water in them. On our YouTube page, I have um, Cece, our daughter, and I doing a little example. She was three at the time. She's five now, but three. she was doing it when she was three. So it is a, a nose rinse. A is. nose rinse. Yeah. So it's easy for to teach a child or, or yourself how to do it. And on our site, it is on a YouTube channel and you can search Golden Dentist Neti Pot hmm. and it will come up on our page. Um, the other thing you can do are nasal strips. So they make nasal strips for kids on Amazon and we have them. They're really cute. They have little stars and stripes and polka dots and they're adorable. Our daughter uses them if she's not feeling well or we know that there's allergy season and she's really stuffed up. We'll put one on. And then also the breathe ride strips for adults. Mm -hmm. um, they sell on Amazon and all those other fun places. The other thing you can do is nasal court. You don't want to use Afrin. 
Afrin is addictive. It will change the inside of your nose within two to three days if you keep using it. So don't use that. It takes a lot to turn that around um, through surgery. So um, you want to use something like Nasacort because it's not addictive and it doesn't mm. change the inside tissue of your nose. What does Nasacort do for your nose? Nasacort is basically a corticosteroid that will decrease the inflammation inside your nose. So a couple of squirts in there, it lasts for about 24 hours. So it'll relax the, the tissue inside your nose so that you'll, your airway will be more open than it was. Right. right? Decrease the inflammation. Yep. So it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those are some things you can do at home. Like I talked about, we talked about the Buteco breathing, close your mouth by Patrick McCowan is the author and you can search him online as well. He sells it on Amazon. Yeah. And the interesting other thing about Bateco breathing where that's where you breathe in through your nose and then out through your nose and then you plug your nose and hold it as long as you can. You don't necessarily have to walk. should spell It's B-U-T-E-Y-K-O. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also a good way if you do that like four or five times, it's actually a way you can uh, relieve congestion. Which yeah, is interesting. It is. Yeah. Anytime that our kiddo is starting to get sick, we hammer on this stuff. So, I mean, she's at school. Other kids are coughing. Other kids are getting sick. We hammer away at this stuff. So, we're doing nasal rinses on her. We're doing some, sometimes Zyrtec, in order to decrease the allergens in the air, especially if it's change of season. She sometimes has some seasonal allergy stuff. We do the breathing. We do the belly breathing. And belly breathing, I mean, hand on the belly, breathe in and really feel that breath coming in. And if you do that about five times. So feel your belly move. Yes, and breathe in. It'll come all the way up from your belly to your lungs, into your nose. You'll feel the whole thing expand. Do that nice and slow about five times. And usually if you're super duper stuffy, you'll have to blow your nose and then you should feel clearer right after that. So those couple of things, when you use your nose, it wants to do the right things for you. But we always It wants say, to do the right thing. It does. Like if you don't use it, you lose it. So you just have to teach your brain that it's okay to breathe through your nose again and do it the right way. Nice deep breaths. So one more double check. Are your lips closed right now as you're mm. listening to this or are they open? Right. Even a little. Right. Mm. (laughs) Good check. So hopefully that was very informative. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to comment in the comment section, and we are happy to return any answers to you or maybe in a future podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully we have our next one up soon that we don't have any unexpected surgeries that pop up. (laughs) I think we're done for a while. Yeah, I think think we're good. Max. (laughs) (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) Yeah, right. Thanks for listening, and we hope you stay tuned for a future podcast. All right. See you later.